You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 208 of Perpetual Traffic. Molly Pittman here with my amazing co-host, Ralph Burns. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you? Doing great. You just had your 20th wedding anniversary this week. That's a pretty big deal. Congratulations. I did. Yeah. And uh, now I understand why people go to spas and do like massages and relaxation <laughs> rooms. So I'm a total a, convert. I got a text from Ralph that said, I finally understand why you guys love the spa and massages. <laughs> <laughs> so like I work out with my kids like heavy weights and stuff over at we have like an Instagram channel, uh, Father Son's Workout, and you know my son is a budding social media influencer, but uh, he's got to get on the stick and start posting a little bit more. But anyway, so my understanding of massage is like purely for medicinal purposes, like fix something that's broken or hurting. But my wife is like, you are doing a massage for our 20th wedding anniversary. So she took me to this place, Watch Hill, Rhode Island, which was amazing the ocean house definitely get there if you can we had a spa day like for our first day there and it was incredible so i'm a total convert now i'm addicted Uh, and me too Uh, yeah any words of wisdom about uh, marriage being married 20 years for those of us that are not married Uh, yeah do do what your wife tells you to do pretty much yeah So she wears the pants in the family, but every now and then when she puts them in the dryer, I pull them out, slip them on like really quick and then, you know, throw them back in the laundry pile. So I'll have to say that's a pretty amazing person to be wearing the pants. So (laughs) you lucked out. Yeah. Jen is awesome. She's the love of my life. Shout out to Jen behind the scenes, making stuff happen, running the family. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Awesome. Congratulations, guys. So today we have a bit of a hodgepodge episode for you all. We want to talk about some stuff that's working right now for us. First, a few updates from Facebook and Instagram to keep you guys informed. And then we want to share some ad types and some different systems that Ralph's team is using that's working really well for us that can hopefully help you guys out too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the last couple of episodes we focused on more, you know, theoretical kind of advertising stuff. We've gone heavily into breakthrough advertising by Eugene Schwartz, and we're still doing our book club on that one because it, there's so much in there. We're doing a tier eleven book club, which Molly is a part of. Woo! Uh, yeah, which is really really good. And then obviously last week's episode on killer Facebook ad copy. You know, I think ad copy and hooks and creative and images and how you actually approach cold traffic is such a huge part of success on this platform. And I think we've done a lot to talk about like more tactical kind of features like CBO. So in the past and in the last few episodes, we've definitely gone more along the lines of how to approach cold traffic, how to be, you know, really creative, but approach it in a way where it's methodical. But today, I think we're going to be getting into a little bit more of the tactics of how you actually apply this kind of stuff. And I think even though there's lots of new features for Facebook, a lot of new things like CBO campaign budget optimization is coming full time September 1st. So you got to understand how to use that. But 
still campaign budget optimization, split testing, and all these other sorts of things we talk about here on the show don't really matter unless you have a really great hook, a really great ad, front-facing ad. And today we'll talk about some of the things that are working now, what we see inside the agency, and also a lot of the stuff that you're doing with Ezra for the Boom brand, which is completely awesome. So yeah, this is sort of a hodgepodge, as you said, but getting back to stuff that hopefully you can apply immediately in your business to help it grow on Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely. Well said. So Ralph, let's start with some updates. Tell me about Instagram Explorer and what's happening there in terms of ads. Yeah, this is kind of cool. Like this is a part of Instagram that I actually do use. I'm not huge on social media like you are, Molly, but <laughs> you know, we advertise on Facebook and Instagram because that's where the people are. Three billion active users a day, basically, uh-huh. between Instagram and Facebook. But the little explore feature, which is that little magnifying glass down the lower left-hand corner if you're on your mobile device. I will say I don't use much. So I'm very interested in this. Yeah, it's funny because according to the stats, I mean, there's a billion users. About half the users utilize explore. So that's 500 million people there. That's a lot of people. So we know that there's 500 million Instagram stories created every day. So think about all these places, like Facebook is, uh, Facebook, the platform is expanding its reach of its network. So think about Instagram stories, like marketplace, right-hand column, you know, Facebook stories. This is all inventory, audience network. This is all inventory that Facebook, they have control over and are now selling ads on. Now, Explore, which is a little magnifying glass, has never had ads before, but it's coming. So that was a big announcement this past week. One more place for ads to appear and for you to look at as a placement. So we haven't seen it added in any of our ad accounts as of yet. We've got about 100 or so ad accounts that we've got access to. I haven't seen it anywhere, but it was announced this past week. So definitely check that out. And you know, when you're creating your ads, we talk about placement optimized creative. We've talked about that on a couple of episodes here on perpetual traffic. This is probably one to optimize for specifically for, you know, the type of creative that will garner the most attention inside Explore. Probably, you know, not too dissimilar than how you would just create your regular Instagram newsfeed or Instagram feed ads. But um, the point is, is that Facebook continues to expand its inventory of where you can place ads as more and more advertisers come on the platform. So kind of big news there. What do you think the ads will look like, Ralph? I was just checking out Explore on my phone and it's interesting. I'm getting lots of posts about the U.S. women's national team who's playing in the World Cup right now. So Instagram knows me well. (laughs) And I love that it's aggregated, you know, based off of your interests, obviously. Do you have any idea what the ads will look like? Because this function's different. It almost looks like a Pinterest to me. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that you'll probably click on an image that looks interesting to you, whether or not it will say on the image as you sort of scroll down inside Explorer that it is an ad or it's an advertisement or it's sponsored. I, I have no idea. But my sense is that it'll just look like a regular Instagram story ad. So either a square, four by three, that kind of dimension. So hard to say at this point, but I do know that 
it's one more place like WhatsApp. So, you know, for example, WhatsApp with its billions of users is going to have advertising soon. We've actually seen it inside a bunch of our ad accounts as a placement right now. So think about all these places. Yes, there is a lot of inventory in the newsfeed, but the newsfeed for both Facebook and Instagram, as far as we know from Facebook especially, is in essence sold out. So Facebook is continually trying to find more places to add inventory. Think about the Facebook ad platform as a network. It's an ad network. Like when I used to sell scammy affiliate products, I would just buy like networks of ads, you know, on display networks. Same sort of thing with Facebook. They're creating their own network, just like Google has done with Google search, Google display, YouTube, everything that goes along with it. So yeah, I don't know what the ads will look like, but I do know that it's just one more place for you to interact with your potential customers. Well, great update. I'm excited about that. Another update for you all. I'm very excited about this. Ralph, actually, I didn't know this until you told me today, but break the news on custom audiences. Yeah, this is really recent news. One of our awesome media buyers at Tier 11 found this one out, I think, through our partner manager. I don't exactly know how they found it out, but maybe it's news now. But point is, is that reach estimates for custom audiences are coming back. Woo! This is a big deal. Like we, wow. oh, it's been so That's frustrating. Been a pain in the butt. I pain in the arse. Ass. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's the explicit rating Absolutely for episode two hundred eight. A pain in the ass because <laughs> anytime you build an ad set and you have a custom audience excluded or whatever you're doing. You've then got to remove that to see what the actual size is going to be of the overall ad set. It's been driving me nuts. Yeah, it's a total pain. I mean, I understand that Facebook is trying, you know, they. I think they, you know, they overreacted. It's almost like when something happens that is a monumental occurrence, like all the stuff that happened in 2018, we're not going to get back into that. There was an overreaction from Facebook. And now they're kind of drawing it back, which I think we've said here on this show, expect that to happen. So this is one indication that, yeah, the user now, the advertiser is going to get a little bit more control. And this reach estimate thing, according to the data that I have, July 2nd, Facebook will slowly begin to restore access to this feature for all managed advertisers by the end of 2019. So you might see it starting to slowly trickle in, starting in just you know a week or so, but starting on July 2nd. So a nice July 4th present for all of us there, Mal. Yeah, that's exciting. All right, everybody. So those were the two updates that we had from the Facebook and Instagram side. New goodness coming our way as oh, yeah. advertisers that I'm excited about. So now let's transition into what's working from an ad side of things, Ralph. What's working from the advertisement side of things? And I'll go ahead and start if that's okay and yeah. share some ads. So as most of you guys know, I have the pleasure of being business partners with Ezra Firestone, who not only is a wonderful human, but also runs a terrific e-commerce business called Boom by Cindy Joseph. It's a cosmetic company. And so part of this partnership is not only team traffic and train my traffic person, the trainings that we do together, but I also get insight into to boom and what they're doing as a business. And 
I get to lend advice on what they should do next, which is fun. But I just wanted to share, I was scrolling through Boom's ad account and some ads that are working really well for them. And I want to share two types of ads that are working very well. So the first are video ads that have a banner at the top, text at the top of the video. And this isn't a new concept. We'll put a few examples in the show notes over at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This isn't necessarily a new concept, but it's working really well right now. And what we're doing, the examples I'm looking at right now, one ad is a video ad and it has Cindy Joseph speaking on camera and the video band there says the too old and too fat model question mark. And so this is powerful because it really catches your attention. You're like, did someone call this lady too old and too fat? Is she upset about it? What's going on? Is she proving a point? Is she taking a stand? Whatever your reaction is to it, it's definitely very curiosity-based and it's something that you want to pay attention to. And so this video style, and these are created by Boris, the CMO, who's not a professional video editor. I think he does these in ScreenFlow. They're pretty basic looking, as you guys will see in the show notes, but they're working so well because that band, that text in the video is really standing out, right? You're not used to seeing text on most videos other than captions. And so it really stands out, especially from the newsfeed text that is above it. So I think this is a video style that everyone should try if they haven't yet. You see Gary Vee post a lot of videos like this. You see a lot of influencers using that band of text at the top of their videos. But this also works for brands too. And another example of a video, the same exact style, just different content that's working really well. The text says, in quotes, my husband of 40 years was like, whoa. And this video is featuring one of Boom's customers who is talking about the product, you know, how the product has changed her life. And one of the best quotes from that video is, my husband of 40 years was like, whoa. And you talk about a hook. <laughs> Boom knows that about half of their customers are still married and have been married for 20, 30 years. And they also also know because these women have expressed it that a lot of them are looking to bring the love back to their marriage, the spark back to their marriage after 40 years. So this is a great hook for Boom to use that these cosmetic products can help build the confidence and help you look in a way that's going to attract your partner who at this age you might be looking for some more attention from. So not only a great video style, but also an incredible hook here. And again, you guys will see in the show notes, it's very basic. This video ad that I'm speaking of right now, it's a white background. The font is very simple, nothing fancy. The customer is facing the camera, giving her testimonial but it's working so well. And a big reason for that is that band of text at the top of the video, it stands out. And if you put something there that matters, right? Not best cosmetics ever or a pointless statement. If you actually use that space to put a really solid headline, 
this is a great ad type for anybody to use. Yeah, these ads are so good for a couple of different reasons. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a style of video, which for a lot of people and probably those who listen to this show, you probably have video somewhere in your video library that's what we refer to as 16 by nine, sort of that typical kind of, I don't know why 16 by nine is the standard, but it just is. But these types of ads are actually really easy to reuse in this format. So you can take video assets that you have, edit them down, you know, Boris isn't a professional video editor, but he does a really good job with this. And whether it's ScreenFlow, whether it's Camtasia, whether it's some other free tool that you use, you can take an asset that maybe you thought, well, that might not be great on Facebook. And now you can sort of spice it up and make it look different and capture people's attention. We call these types of videos Unilad. It's a Scossy invention, Scottish and Australian. But uh, the point is, is that they really do capture a lot of attention just based on the format. But what I really love about the boom ads, like take the technical side away from it, is the hook. The hook here is counterintuitive. It's shattering a popular myth that a woman that's 40 years old has to look young. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole basis for Ezra's business here, which is tremendous. Married 20 years to a woman who is older than 40, even though she <laughs> looks younger than 40. The point is, is that this is like a something that all the other types of advertisers, I wouldn't say all, but the majority are, you need to look younger. This is embracing the fact that women are older and coming right out and stating it counterintuitively as a hook that pulls in that audience. Oh, it's okay for me to be over 40. It's okay to have, you know, a few wrinkles or a few, you know, crow's feet or whatever it happens to be because that's who I am. And I think these videos speak to that so well. It's such a great hook. And when you're talking about hooks, and we talked about this in episode 205, is if you can shatter a popular myth and create a tremendous amount of insight and intrigue with your copy or with your video, this does that. And it pulls in that ideal audience, that ideal demographic, who is the perfect potential buyer for Boom products. So it's so great on so many different levels here. And I love these ads. And of course, you know, anything that Boom does, we enjoy working with them as well. Also, guys, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the info and ads tab has been removed from Facebook pages, or at least the part that allowed you to view which ads were active for that page. But it's been replaced by a Facebook ad library. If you just Google Facebook ad library, you will find it. And if you type in Boom by Cindy Joseph, you can look at all the active ads that we're running at this time and almost every other Facebook page too. Just a little FYI update for you there. So true, Ralph. I mean, the hook is why these work. One other thing that's working really well for us from more of a tactical side, and this isn't a new marketing practice, but is using social proof. And so something that Boom does a lot of that you'll see if you scroll through the ads that we're running through the account right now is the use of the five gold stars at the top of our newsfeed text. And the reason for this is that we all have a visual association with golden stars, especially five stars. That tells us that something's very good. Hotels are rated on a five-star ranking. Amazon rates on a five-star 
five-star ranking. This is something that we are just simply familiar with. And so by using those five stars at the beginning of the ad copy, it's automatically telling the consumer that this product is good. We're also running a lot of ads right now that say things like 24,000 five-star reviews, over 75,000 five-star reviews, depending on the product. And you'll see that some of these retargeting ads, that's the hook. We're using two testimonials in the ad copy. And then the creative is all about how many thousands of five-star reviews that we've gotten. And that's just a way to show this social proof. And hey, everybody else loves it. Uh, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. So just yeah. want one more quick ad type that's working really well for Boom right now. Yeah, 100%. We see the same thing. And I think we tend to look at different types of videos as templates. So one of the templates that we love is testimonial templates. And then the other one is a review template. And this sort of combines the two of them. This ad specifically that my husband of 40 years was like, whoa, kind of combines both of them. So you've got, you know, the five stars right at the top. And, you know, we even try and make our stars a little bit more orangey. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these are a little bit more yellow, although we haven't split tested this specifically because the orangey kind of stars looks like Amazon a little bit more. But the point is, is that it's social proof. And then you've got immediately quotes. So once again, one of the best ways in which to sell on Facebook is to not necessarily tell people how great you are, but to have other people tell people how great you are. And testimonials, quotes like this, right in the ad itself and with social proof of stars, it's just, it all adds up and makes your ad not necessarily look like an ad per se, but also, you know, you can try this on cold traffic. You can try it on your retargeting ads. I know you guys use it on both. We tend to use testimonials and review type ads on our like level two and level three traffic, which is people have engaged with you, you know, either you know, opened up a video or clicked to a landing page, or maybe have actually viewed a product. But we're seeing these ads work really well in cold traffic as well. People who don't know who you are at all. So I don't know what the combination is specifically with these ads, but these are great here, Molly. Ralph, what's working for you guys from an ad standpoint? I mean, these are definitely ads that work for us. I mean, I think this is, you know, like I said, it's the more social proof you can have on your ads, the better. But we've also found that just the straightforward old school type of ads, which we refer to as the Yankee Clipper. So it's really, it's three separate pieces of copy. It's a question that might be the big question or maybe the pain point or the desire of the market that you're targeting. We see this in our health and beauty ads specifically, some sort of product or at least a problem call out, and then watch the video to learn how, whatever that thing is. And then the third line is click here to learn more. And then that's an actual URL in the ad copy. So we probably have talked about this, you know, hundreds of episodes ago you know, on perpetual traffic, but we still use it today. It's, it is an ad copy type that we use. So it's really, really simple. There's actually sort of five elements to it. The Yankee Clipper comes from Joe DiMaggio, who was like number five for the Yankees. I don't know why we ever named it that way, but it's the three lines and then it's the video itself. And then there's a headline that just sort of leads or rephrases the original question. So that type of ad copy, which is super simple, you don't need to be Gary Halbert or, you know, John Carlton to write copy like that. What's the big question or what's the big problem 
that your market is trying to solve or what is the big desire that your market really wants? Ask that question on your first line and then have a video that talks about it. Okay, that's actually a, an important part to this whole thing. And then say that in the next line. You know, watch the video to learn how. And then the third line is just a simple call to action. So it's a formula that's worked tried and true over the last three years, and we still see it working today. Super simple and actionable. Love it. Bringing back the old school. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. We love old school. So Ralph, last but not least, tell us about your new Trello board and how it's changing your agency. And it's more than a Trello board. I didn't, I didn't sell that very well. <laughs> Doesn't everybody want to? Who else wants a Trello board? I could see that being a great, like, you know, headline right there. Uh -huh, right. Yeah. But what the Trello board does for you is it actually sort of splits out, in this case, your levels of traffic relating back to breakthrough advertising. So, as we've mentioned here many times, there's five levels of awareness that Eugene Schwartz, in essence, invented, and it's in hundreds of advertising books and hundreds of blog posts, definitely Google five levels of awareness. Eugene Schwartz, pretty simple. You don't have to buy the book itself to actually get it. And it's like $500 on Amazon. But anyway, so we relate it back to how do we map out a content strategy? And I saw Ryan Dice do this at a war room event about a year or so ago. And I was like, that is freaking brilliant. The way that he actually did it is he, he explained sort of the five levels of awareness and added a sixth level of awareness for Eugene Schwartz, but actually used it in such a way so that it methodically maps out a content strategy for a particular product. I said, whoa, that's pretty cool. So obviously there's the first level of awareness is unaware. Second level is problem aware. Third is solution aware, then product aware, then most aware. And Ryan actually talked about it in this particular talk about a sixth level, people who have like disengaged and bringing them back, like they were buyers, but now they're no longer buyers and they're just sort of dead on your list. So that's sort of a sixth level of awareness, which I thought was really actually cool. So we relate this back to the e-com ad amplifier, which we've talked about many, many times here. It's on episode 143, as I recall where you have level one traffic, which is your cold traffic. Now, cold traffic, they might be completely unaware of your product. They have no idea that a problem even exists or that this desire that they have even exists. That's your unaware market. Your problem aware market is like, all right, I understand like I have to lose weight. I understand, yeah, I need to get in shape, all right? I am aware of that problem. Both of those types, those sort of level one, you know, cold traffic types, relate perfectly back to Eugene Schwartz's five levels of awareness. So what we did is we actually took Ryan's concept and for all of our new agency customers, we map out, especially if they're in e-commerce, all the levels of traffic with the levels of awareness overlaid on top of it inside this Trello board. So what it does is it, it sounds more complicated than it really is, but all it does is it visually sort of allows us to test different concepts, different hooks, different ways to approach the different levels of traffic. So for example, somebody who is problem aware 
or maybe unaware, is definitely a different type of customer or potential customer than somebody who is solution aware. So let's say you have digestive problems, but you don't know that there's this thing called a probiotic that you can go out and get and potentially solve that problem. Well, that person would either be problem aware or unaware, but they're probably not solution aware. So how you would advertise to somebody who understands or is aware of a probiotic is very different than how you would advertise to someone who's not even aware that that product even exists. So how we map this out inside Trello is we have different sort of hooks for each level of awareness and we relate it back to the levels of traffic in the e-com ad amplifier. So it's a systematic way of looking at traffic and also organizing our thoughts as far as how do we speak to this person that maybe understands that there's a probiotic there, but maybe isn't aware of your product. Okay. That would be the next deepest level of traffic, which is now product aware. Okay. So they might be solution aware, but maybe you sell a probiotic that's really different. It has 11 ingredients as opposed to everyone else has three or four. It's got this one other sort of thing that it does that nothing else on the market does. You now need to speak to that solution aware market slightly differently to talk about the benefits of your particular product. And once they're aware of your product, then it's really just a matter of pulling them in with some kind of deal, some kind of deal to get them to buy and ultimately turn them into a customer, which is when they're most aware. So most aware is sort of that last level, even though Schwartz does this in reverse in the book. I really don't like the way that he does it. We look at it as like cold unaware or problem aware all the way to most aware, which is like deep, deep into either they've added to cart, they understand your product, they know what it's all about, or they're actually a buyer of your product. So how you talk to each level is really is different. And each message and how we actually organize our thoughts, we use a Trello board to basically do, you know, level one unaware, so each card of the Trello board, Ralph, as yeah. you move through is a different level, which is brilliant. And then they can all come in and drop files into the Trello board on that particular step, yep. which I think is so smart. Something else that I saw you guys doing, if you have an agency or a team, something I saw you guys doing in Slack that I loved was having a contest about who could come up with the best hooks for different levels of the funnel. I thought that was so smart. That's a great way to crowdsource different hook ideas because you know what's interesting? Sometimes people that are further away from the project can come up with better hooks. <laughs> so true. I, I know if you had a dog client, for example, you had one in the past, I'm not sure if you do right now, but yeah. you can easily call me and ask me questions and totally. I could give you hook ideas. And so your account managers are helping one another through these contests, come up with better hooks for your clients. And I think that's awesome. I think it's great. I mean, it's fun, first off. I mean, we're leveraging the power of this great team. I mean, I always sort of talk about the Trail 11 team as like this, you know, team of all stars, and it really is. But it's so fun to work with people that look at things a little bit differently than you do. It, mm -hmm. we, we just hired a bunch of new media buyers, and they all bring different ways of looking at the same problem. And we're open just because they're brand new, we're all open to their ideas. 
And it's not a competitive thing because we realize that, yeah, we all want to be the best media buyer. We want to be the one that gets the customer from like $2,000 a day to $100,000 a day, that kind of thing. But the point is, is that there's a collaborative approach, which I'm really proud of as the agency owner. And I love to have other people bring their ideas and their thoughts. And you're exactly right. Somebody who's farther away from the actual ad, in this case, or the problem, brings these incredible insights. And you know, one example that I think of is you know, we had a customer that was in the sewing niche. And the media buyer was just really struggling with coming up with new ways in which to approach cold traffic for this. It was a presser foot, which is basically as a sewing machine add-on. And, you know, he was really sort of struggling with it. And until we actually opened it up to the group and we had a group discussion on it, we realized that one of our other media buyers, Jenny, her mother is a huge like sewing person, which we didn't even realize. So she (laughs) asked her mom about it and she came up with like a dozen great hooks Unfortunately, the the customer ended up taking their ads in-house. But the point is, is that the hooks were great, (laughs) but Uh we never really fully influenced them to the the way that we wanted to. But the point is, is that if you can do this, you know, in your own ads, you know, seek other people's advice, you know, maybe join some individual Facebook groups. I know you've got a great group with Team Traffic, Molly, which is totally awesome. There's a lot of collaboration that's there. There's so many resources that are out there. We just so happen to have an agency where we have Slack threads and ideas and contests and all that. But, you know, if you're an advertiser out on your own, definitely seek outside advice from other people. I mean, plenty of times I message you about an issue that we have and you come yeah. up with something I never even thought of in a million years. So, you know, use the power of groups as much as you possibly can. And we certainly do do it inside tier 11. That's for sure. Awesome. Ralph, I think that's it. This was yeah. such a good episode. I love the hodgepodge that we created. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully you guys found value. Again, a few updates from Facebook and Instagram. And then Ralph and I shared what's working for both of us on the ad side of things right now. And then a really cool system that Ralph's agency is using to ensure that they're paying attention to each step of the funnel and coming up with the best hooks possible for their clients. So this has been episode 208. We hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did. If you enjoy this show, guys, please please go and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps our rankings a lot. And thank you for all of the word of mouth. I hear a lot. Hey, I heard about perpetual traffic from a friend and we really appreciate that. So keep spreading the word if you find value in this show. And for any resources mentioned in this show, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. And as always, thanks for listening. And thank you, Rob. Yeah. Thanks, Molly. It's been fun. It's been fun. We'll see y'all next week. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.